What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz. And this is Brad Thomas. Here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. You only need to ask one question. What's the spread? All right. Welcome in. We are back at it on another episode of What's the Spread? Miles on Sports here with my best friend, Mr. Brad Thomas. How are we doing? We are so good. Finally, we're getting to the thick of some really good action. Uh, with your game coming up, Alabama is playing Arkansas. I'm super stoked. And, you know, we're starting to kind of separate the the contenders from the pretenders. Uh, I knew that Oklahoma would have a tough road. Uh, I had them high, but, you know, they faltered against against Baylor and they they almost deserve not to be in anybody's top 15. Yeah, and it's hard to believe that we've only got two weeks left in the regular season. Then we get our conference championship games. The holidays yep. are here. Bowl season's coming up. It's hard to believe that it's happened this fast. But as you said, man, Oklahoma dropping out of the top 10 uh, of the committee's rankings. And it, it, it's hard to even see a road for them at this point. Yeah. It's weird because if you've got Oklahoma finishing as a one-loss Big 12 champion – then that's going to open the door for Cincinnati, obviously. Right? Yeah. I mean, at this point. Um, but let's go ahead and get into what we have in our top 10 uh, at this point. I will go ahead and start with my 10 through 7. Still got Cincinnati at number 10. As I said, I think that their chances of making – I mean, they're ch- not that I think. Their chances of making the playoffs right now are, are, are better than I ever would have expected yes. at this point in the season. Because last week we talked about, you know, do they get jumped, this and that. At this point – if they finish the season undefeated, they may get in over a one-loss Power 5 champion. We actually might see that. Yeah. Um, and, that and honestly, the committee kind of painted them in, themselves in that corner by ranking Cincinnati so high in the first rankings because now you can't just start jumping all these other teams now that you've got them all the way up at number five. Yeah. Um, number nine, I've got Wake Forest. I'll tell you, I almost had Wake Forest higher because week in and week out, they continue to impress me. They – as we uh, called last week, they cover the spread. They get the big win. Uh, they're playing Clemson this week. But if Clem- or if Wake Forest finishes as a one-loss ACC champion, I mean, I, I say don't bat your eye at them. But again, the committee, not impressed. I've been impressed with what, 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 what Wake Forest has put together this year. I got them at number nine. At number eight, I've got Oklahoma State. Number seven is where I dropped Oklahoma. Uh I didn't really know what to do with Oklahoma. I'll I'll be completely honest. I said last week that if they lost, that doesn't necessarily knock them out of my top four. I thought Oklahoma was going to run the table uh, and and get in the playoff. But we saw how Caleb Williams looked last week. He looked like a complete lost. Yeah, looked like a freshman. He really did. Uh, It was was hard to believe how poorly the Oklahoma offense has played. And really, they just – at this point in the season, there's just no identity there. Uh, But I've still got Oklahoma there at number seven. More so just how I feel about them as a program at this point. So who do you got at 10 through 7? At number 10, this is where I slotted Baylor. Listen, before anyone wants to crucify me over having Baylor over Oklahoma and Wake Forest, I had to look at who Oklahoma played. I had to be real with myself. If I'm punishing teams for not playing anybody, like Cincinnati, then I have to punish Oklahoma for not being a single soul, not beating anyone, and struggling while doing it. Well, if I hold that standard to Wake Forest, uh, to Baylor, I mean, to Oklahoma, I have to hold it to Wake Forest. And yes, Wake Forest has been looking great, winning with style points. But then again, honestly, who have they beat? Because every time they beat someone, that freaking team goes and looks god-awful and just makes Wake Forest's resume look even worse. And I think it's unfair that that's how I'm ranking them, but I just have to keep the same standard that I'm holding through my entire top 10. Um, At number nine, I have Michigan State. You know... 
I really wanted to put Michigan State a lot higher. Um, I've gone through this list a couple times. I've gone through the committee's list, and I think that, honestly, the committee, it has it kind of right where Michigan State is, but I have to stick with my requirements, and I have them at nine. Oklahoma State is at number eight. Number seven, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is slowly uh, appealing, more and more appealing as the season goes on, which at this point you makes you really want to see if Cincinnati could be you know, a real top four contender. Like, let's say Oregon loses this weekend. Boom, Cincinnati is the number four spot. I don't think I jump them with Michigan. I think I just go ahead and slide them on up, drop Oregon out, you know? So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I've got no problem with you having Baylor in your top 10, but I will say I I, I just think you're, 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 you're hard-pressed to find any team that has any kind of elite resume at this point. Yes, that's very true. Who has beat who? I mean, you know, you mentioned Wake Forest. You know, the committee did have NC State, you know, in their top 25 last week. Uh, But obviously the way the committee is ranking teams, the way the polls are ranking teams are very different this year. Um, So you kind of really got to dig into those schedules to see who has an elite resume at this point in the season. Um, I still just don't agree with the committee – Having Oklahoma all the way down at 13, I know that that they don't have any big wins on their schedule, but they're still a one-loss team in a Power 5 conference facing good competition. They haven't looked good. They didn't look good last week, but I just find it hard to believe that the committee has Oklahoma so far down their rankings. I mean, I just think I just, 13 is, is so low, but I've got no problem with you having Baylor in yeah. over Oklahoma just based on what we saw last week. Yep, and I think the committee is – they're finally starting to hear it from everyone else. Like if we're going to hold Cincinnati to the standard of strength of schedule, then we have to hold it to Oklahoma because up until this, up until Baylor game, Oklahoma had one of the softest strengths of schedule at anybody in the power five. Um, So we'll see, you know, that's good. They play a good enough schedule where I think that they could slowly start to change people's minds. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and get into our picks for top four and first two out with me. I've got three big 10 teams in the top six. This is obviously going to play itself out. Ohio state playing Michigan state and Michigan in the next two weeks. Uh, Oklahoma, obviously out of my top four, I've still got Georgia at number one. I've still got Alabama at number two. I've got Ohio state at number three, but with the way that Ohio state's offense is looking right now, I mean, I think you can clearly say that that is the best offense in the entire country. Uh, I've got Michigan in at number four. Mm. And then my first two out, I've got Michigan State and Oregon. I almost have Oregon a little bit higher. They're, I, I, they're honestly starting to grow on me because I already expected them to have lost again by, yeah. by this point, and they still continue to find ways to win in Pac-12 after dark with nobody watching them. Um, I mean, week in and week out, and we're, we're going to talk about Oregon today, but uh, I, for me, Michigan, Michigan State, and Oregon, I can rank any three of those teams in any of these three spots right now, four, five, and six. Those are interchangeable for me right now. Yeah. But Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State, I think, are clearly the three best teams in the country. What's funny is it's all about perspective of where they're initially ranked, right? Like, you're getting more and more high on Oregon. I'm getting more and more low on Oregon because I've had them at the number three spot, and they're just escaping. They're building big holes, and they're escaping. But I can't punish them for that. Right, it, but also similar to what Oklahoma was doing yes. you know, in, in, in their season, you know, uh, escaping. But Oregon's got the win over Ohio State, right? Yeah, they do. That's huge. That's, but people forget they have the loss to Oregon, but still, I get it. You know, they, they have the big win against Ohio State, which is looking like, again, it, it looks like the best win in the entire country right now. So, Yep. So top my top Oregon. four, uh, I'm going with Georgia, obviously. Um, Alabama, every part of me wants to move Oregon down, but I think it writes itself this weekend. 
And Ohio State, who has the best-looking offense in the country, hands down, I mean, even statistically, it's rated the best. So that's there's no brainer there. Like, regardless of if we interchange Alabama and Ohio State and make Ohio State two or three, I think that it's I, I can see a fair assessment of them. Uh, I'm really interested to see what happens from this SEC championship because Georgia showed that their defense is not as elite as you would think it is against a semi-defense offense. And, and you know, calling Tennessee a semi-defense offense is a big step. But now that when they have to play like an Alabama in the SEC championship, it, I could see an Alabama stumbling in these next two weeks and then beating Georgia in the SEC championship. Then what do you do? Right. I mean, to your point, what offense has Georgia played? Yeah. Like, you can say, yes, they're an undefeated SEC team. You know, uh, hats off to them. The SEC is elite. But what offense have they been challenged by this year? Yes. Uh, and, and absolutely. I mean, let's say that Alabama or, – or, or let's say this. Let's say Alabama wins out and they lose by a field goal to Georgia. How do you keep Alabama out of the playoff at that point? Yeah. It's, Especially it's, if you're putting Georgia on such a high pedestal. They're getting some of the most number one overall votes. Probably unanimous. Now, you could argue, you know – if Alabama loses to Georgia, even if it's just by a field goal, maybe you make the argument of, well, they already had their shot, you know, yeah. at Georgia, and then you put Cincinnati in. Uh, but I don't know, man. I, I mean, just the fact that Cincinnati actually could get in the playoff at this point, I'm still trying to wrap my head around. But Cincinnati has to play SMU, and then they're going to play Houston. In yes, the, and know, Houston looks elite. And they look really good. Houston, Houston at the start of the season didn't look like the Houston that they are now. And Cincinnati doesn't look like they were at the start of the season. I think Cincinnati has regressed a lot. I think SMU is a good bet this weekend to cover. Cincinnati is ripe to get beat by one of those two teams. Yes. Uh, Either SMU this week or Houston in the AAC championship game. Uh, So there's still a lot to play out, and there's still a lot of opportunity for, I mean, even even Notre Dame. Notre Dame should finish 11-1. and And yeah. even they have an opportunity to get in, but they need Cincinnati to lose. Yes. It's crazy that we've gotten to this point in the season where we got two weeks left and there's still so many teams who are eligible for this thing. Yeah, I, I totally agree. All right, let's get into the games. College game day. Ohio State holds the all-time record for hosting college game day and being in the most college game day games <laughs> In the history of college football, there's a reason for that. Ohio State moves the needle. We all know that. Ohio State is coming in here in a top 10 matchup against Michigan State. Ohio State at four. Michigan State is seven. And Ohio State, 19-point favorites. This is exhausting for me uh, to continue to see these 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 high spreads. I mean, it was the same spread last week against Purdue. Yes. Uh, and now we've got a top 10 matchup. Game day here. Michigan State, only one loss. And Ohio State's 19-point favorites. Go ahead and lay it on me. This is starting to remind me of uh, of Alabama when those point spreads were starting to get so high, and you're like, this is a top 15 match, top 10 matchup. I think I messaged you uh, first in the and I had a ball hanging out with your parents uh, watching the Ohio State game. Who, who knew that I would be watching an Ohio State game when it's 50 to 3, I mean, 50 to 30, and I'm still glued to the TV. I was like, are we going to go play slots, blackjack? <laughs> Anyways, I'm going to take the points of Michigan State. I know that Ohio State's on a attack. they number one scoring offense in the entire country. This, to me, is the battle of the Heisman favorites. Ohio State, you know, their bread and butter on defense has been stopping the run. They've done pretty well, but I don't think they've played a running back uh, by the name of Kenneth Walker III. I don't think there's any chance that Michigan State wins this game. I do think it's close. I do think they right their wrongs of uh, being 1-5 and against the spread against Ohio State in the last six games. But honestly, you think about it, this is crazy to have a game like this where you have the number seven team 
the number four team in the country, the number four team is a 19 point favorite and neither team has anything really to lose. Cause I don't think there's any world where, where Ohio state's actually nervous if they lose to Michigan state. And I don't think Michigan state really cares if they win or lose because every game for the rest of the season is a bonus. You're going from being the worst team in the big 10 to a top 10 team who is having college game, being in college game for the second time of the season. Mel Tucker is happy. And so I think that it allows Michigan State to play a little bit more free. I think we see a very high-scoring game, and I think that you know Ohio State puts up that close to that 40 range, but I still think Michigan State puts up a ton of points, and Kenneth Walker has an amazing game day on the ground. I've got the exact score for you. Ohio State wins this game 45-27, to which means I've got them winning by 18. I'm going to take the points here with Michigan State. I learned my lesson earlier in the season when Ohio State was playing Penn State as 20-point favorites. And listen, that was a little bit different because Penn State has such a talented defense. I mean, yeah, the best defense that, that we had played up to that point. But here's the thing about the game last weekend. All right, Purdue just shot themselves in the foot three or yes. four times in the first half, and Ohio State capitalized. I mean, we scored touchdowns off of their mistakes. But Purdue was moving the ball. Aiden O'Connell completed 80% of his passes on 52 attempts for 390 yards, four touchdowns, and no interceptions. Was that was a lot of that when we kind of took our foot off the gas? Yes, but they were still doing that in the first half when they weren't busy turning the ball over. And you mentioned Kenneth Walker. We have been much better against the run, but Michigan State's just going to be looking to limit possessions in this game. Yes. Because that's really all you can do against this Ohio State offense right now. Because if you give too many possessions to this Ohio State offense, they're going to find ways in the red zone. They're going to find ways uh, to score touchdowns. So that's what Michigan State is going to try to do. Michigan State ranks 130th against the pass. Now, from a betting perspective, that scares me because I feel like C.J. Stroud can just have a field day yeah. uh, with, with a defense like that. But on the other side of the ball, I just think that – and Peyton Thorne for Michigan State, he had a really good game last week through four yes. touchdowns. He can't turn the ball over, and he can't make mistakes because that's one thing that Aiden O'Connell did not do is he didn't throw any interceptions. I just think 19 is a little too high when Michigan State has the best running back in the country on yes. their side who that could be just enough of a difference to move the chains just enough times to limit the possessions. That's what they're going to be trying to do in this game. I don't think there's any I, way that Michigan I agree. State wins, but I'll take the plus 19. Yeah, no, it's it's hard not to take the points. Up next, we have number three, Oregon Ducks traveling to Utah. Utah have their special military helmets for this game, so they'll be very excited. Uh, anytime that I see a road team that's in the top five and they are getting points, I'm nervous. Um, I think that you know Utah – over their last, what, four games? They've, over their last six games, they're averaging 40 points per game. They've been killing it. But listen, they're, they're going to be down two offensive linemen in this game. And one thing that we've said about Oregon, they find ways to get it done. It might not be pretty. But this Utah youth team is uh, allowing 138 rush yards per game. Well, we have Anthony Brown, Travis Dye, Brian Carwell, all running backs. Sorry, Anthony Brown, you are a running back to me. And I think that I'm going to take the three points. I think the line settles down a little bit more um, as it comes to game time. I think that Utah wins a thriller by one or two points. 6-0 at home uh, in their last six home games. I think that, you know, it, it's going to be hard for Oregon because there's a potential matchup, uh, Pac-12 championship matchup. If, if either team wins, they can clinch their division. How are you going to beat – how is either team going to beat each other twice? I think they're a lot more even than their records – 
Uh, well, they're only think a couple games apart, but the, but their their rankings are, are determining. So I'm going to go Oregon, but I think Utah wins. I think I think we get like a one or two point victory by the Utes. It's going to be a thriller, a night game, or well, afternoon game, but it's going to you know what I mean the, the ending's going to bleed into the yeah. night. Uh, Utah, by the way, has one of the most underrated stadiums in the entire country. Uh, yes. And when it's full and, and a sellout like it's going to be, it's going to be rocking. And you mentioned how even that these teams are, and you're correct. When I was looking at the stats, I was actually shocked how close their numbers are in scoring offense and scoring defense and total offense and total defense, nearly identical in yes. every single category. Now this line open at Utah minus one again, surprised that it went Utah's way. I would have thought that the money would have been going on Oregon early, but here we are at Utah minus three. I think it will go back a little bit, Yeah, but I am going to take Utah here. I, I, nice. I've, been, I've been waiting for Oregon for, for them to lose. I, I don't think Oregon wins out. I, and I still don't think that. So I think this is a perfect spot uh, for them to slip up. And with these teams being so identical, I just don't think that there's a big advantage on one side or the other. I do think Oregon's rushing offense has the ability to, to take this game over, but they're going to have to work on limiting the mistakes. Anthony Brown's going to have to make a couple of throws. Yes. But man, he looked really good on the ground last week. And I, if Anthony Brown continues to find his groove on the ground, then this offense is scary. real dangerous. It's crazy uh, how – no, keep going. No, I was, I, I was, was going to say Utah, 4-0 uh, and at home this year. Yeah. It's hard to believe they've only played four home games. Uh, but they had big home wins against Arizona State and UCLA. They beat Arizona State by 14. They beat UCLA by 20. Uh, so they're playing much better at home. They they struggled last week at Arizona, but that was, that was a complete look-ahead spot for them. Oh, 100%. Uh, going into this game, they played much better at home. I look at this as a pick 'em, so I'll take the home team. Well, what I was going to say was two things. It, it, amazing how um, Travis Dye just stepped in and replaced CJ Verdell like it was yeah. nothing. Right. And number two, Oregon cannot come in here and spot points to Utah because if Utah gets a 14 point lead like Utah, Oregon has been down frequently, right? Utah will run away with it. Oregon tends to either do that or they tend to let somebody like last week. They they let Washington they go up. Yeah, they go 14 and then Washington State comes back. Right. And then like, you can't do that with a team around. like Utah. You cannot do that with a team like Utah. You have to put your foot on the gas from the beginning and keep going. And Kyle Whittingham knows how to win a game like this. We've yep. we've seen it. Utah's just been so under the radar. Okay. Yeah. Uh let's go ahead and move on to uh number 21, Arkansas, number two, Alabama. Alabama coming in here, 21 point favorites. I gotta hear. What you're feeling about the spread? I'm so sick of this stupid spread. Alabama this season has been a 21 or more point favorite five times. Can we stop Vegas? Because I think I've been on the wrong side every single time. Uh, This time I'm going to back Arkansas. It's dreadfully scary because for once, this defense is finally playing very good. Will Anderson is an absolute menace. And, you know, a lot of people have been giving a lot of grief to Alabama not running the ball very successfully. Well, I think that they're going to be in it for a rude surprise when we're forced to run the game against a team who is allowing 151 rush yards per game, you know. But Arkansas, outside of that Georgia game, they've done well as double-digit dogs. I think they're 3-1 and one against the spread as a dog this season. Uh, I think K.J. Jefferson offers enough of a change of pace to keep them in the game Spread-wise, I think that Alabama has found their stride. Um, they're starting to win the turnover battle, which is really big. And I, I, I can't say this is too much of a look-ahead spot for Alabama, although it does have a little bit of a look-ahead spot whenever you have your arch nemesis uh, the next week. Um, 
But man, listen to this stat. Eight and one against the spread in their last nine when scoring at least 30 points is Alabama. I think that if the Alabama crowd in Alabama is playing up for this game, it can get out of hand early. But I have to go with my handicap of Arkansas and KJ Jefferson being able to run the ball effectively to score enough points. I mean, 21 points is a, is a, is a, is a ton. Like it, it, all Arkansas has to do is score, I think, two touchdowns and a field goal. They're covering. Yeah, it's a big number, especially considering how well Arkansas is playing. I mean, they they get the road win in overtime last week against LSU. They beat Mississippi State the week before. I'm also taking Arkansas here. I think 21 is just a little bit too many points. I'm glad you brought up the Georgia game because Arkansas cannot do that in this game. You saw yes. they went down, what was it, 20 or 21 nothing to Georgia in the first six or seven minutes, and the game was over. They cannot do that in this game or else the spread is done. But if they can just find a way to hold on in the first half and keep this thing close, I mean, 21 is a lot of points. And yes. as you mentioned, Alabama, they did struggle in the run game against LSU. But on the other side of the ball, Arkansas, in four of their last five games, over 200 yards on the ground. So that gives them the ability to, you know, obviously when we're talking about a three-possession spread, you're just hoping to hold on to the ball just long enough and limit the possessions. Also, Arkansas in their last three games, Defense has only given up 44 points. That's pretty promising. It's promising enough to see what, like a 50 to 32 game here. I mean, just yeah, like, like that. that's I, close just, enough. I like the over. The way that Arkansas wins a game, but 21 is too many. I think that Alabama gets close enough to carrying the over, where the over is worth a look. It's moved one and a half points since I was going to put it out as an official bet. So I haven't locked it in yet. I don't like when when I'm getting that much movement, but um, well, it'll be interesting to see. Let's see what we have up next. Iowa State traveling to Oklahoma. Oklahoma are four-point favorite. Miles, this game has made me sick to my stomach because um, just the history that Iowa State has against Oklahoma makes me not want to back Iowa State. But I think this is a good bounce-back spot for Oklahoma. I don't care if it's Williams under center. I don't care if it's Rattler under center. <laughs> Oklahoma's had a tough go of it, right? They haven't looked phenomenal. But let's be real. Man, you said this already. That Baylor team is a good team. And this is that was Caleb Williams' first true road test ever. Now he has the luxury of playing at home where Oklahoma has been absolutely dominant playing at home. I don't think that Iowa State puts up enough offensive flair and offensive scoring power to kind of make this a game. Uh, I, like I feel we finish at the six to seven point range, which gives me Oklahoma. It's a game I'm dreading backing, but I, I have to go with what I'm going with. I, uh, I, I'm all over Oklahoma minus four here, mostly for the value that I'm getting. This line open at seven and a half. Yes. Oklahoma minus seven and a half. And now you're giving me four in a bounce back spot for an Oklahoma team with a chip on their shoulder. I mean, absolutely. I'm going to back the Sooners here. I, I I was way more nervous about it last week. Um, and I was right to be, uh, they looked <laughs> awful, but again, just a good bounce back spot. Iowa State is the Iowa State team that you and I thought. It's just yeah. there's no offensive firepower. Brees Hall couldn't run the ball last week. Um, they're they're not even the top 25 now. Uh, this is a, this is a chance where Oklahoma's got what two games left in the regular season. If they find a way to beat Iowa State, beat Oklahoma State, and win the Big 12, they can still get into the playoff. It's an outside shot, but they got to look good doing it. They got to find an offensive identity. But in a game like this, I don't think they're going to need much. Yeah, I think four is just enough. So I'll take Oklahoma as well. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for listening to this first segment. I invite you to follow What's the Spread on Twitter. That's at What's the Spread underscore. If you're listening on YouTube, 
go ahead and press the like and subscribe button. If you are listening online on Stitcher, Google Play, or iTunes, be sure to press that subscribe button and give us a rating. All right, let's, let's go ahead it, and run through our NFL picks. Uh, let's go ahead and start with a game that this is the most excited I've been for a game this year. We got the Dallas Cowboys at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are two and a half point favorites. It is the late start, 425. The Chiefs are coming off their most Chiefs performance of the entire year. So the question is, what's going to happen in this game? We got uh. the Cowboys coming off a 43-3 win over the Falcons. We got the Chiefs coming off a blowout win against the Raiders where they actually looked like themselves. Yes. I'll go ahead and start here. I'm taking the Cowboys. Dallas is 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six road games. We know what they're doing against the spread this season. I will still continue to hammer Kansas City's overall against the spread numbers. 4-15-1 in their last 20 games. But obviously, those spreads are starting to adjust themselves a little bit. And they're coming off and against the spread win last week. The Cowboys, to me, look like the best and most complete team in football. Now, you can't look that way every single week. The Broncos kicked their butt two yeah. weeks ago. But – you. You know, you could say that's the one time that Dallas has not looked this good. All right. They're the number one scoring offense in the NFL. They're the number one total offense in the NFL. And they're also top 10 in the league in scoring defense with my boy Diggs just tearing up the secondary. But with Mahomes coming off a performance like that, obviously, I think you can go either way in this game. Yeah. I, I, I really do. I think this is an absolute pick em. But I'm not sold on this KC defense, only allowing 12.7 points per game in their last three. I'm looking for the Kansas City defense that was giving up 30 a game yes. in the first seven games of the season. That's the KC defense I'm looking for in this game. So I'm back in the Cowboys. We're on the both. We're on the same side of this. Miles, this is my first time all season being able to back the Cowboys, and they're not backed by the public. I was like so yeah. shocked that the public is on Kansas City. I'm taking the Cowboys. They want to get spread. You said it. Chiefs are 0 and 5 against the spread in their last five games. Listen, <laughs> the Chiefs in their last three weeks have gone from being a 32. Uh, ranked efficient defense to somewhere around the 15s, 10 marks. But listen, I don't think that this was so much of a phenomenal performance that the Chiefs had against the Raiders outside of the Raiders being lackluster. The Raiders game plan was a game plan for the first time this season where I felt they needed John Gruden. There were times when you're running the ball on second and eight. You're not going to run the ball on second and eight against these Chiefs. Like you need to be throwing the ball. When Mahomes is on fire, you have to fight fire with fire, not sit there and run the ball. And I think that this Dallas Cowboys offense is balanced enough. Kellen Moore is a good enough offensive coordinator where if it's a shootout, which I'm going to give a little hint, hint for those who, uh, who listen to bankroll blitz as well. This might be an over game uh, that I'm betting, but if it's a shootout, I think that Dallas actually poses the better team for a shootout here because their defense is incrementally better than Kansas city's. Yep. All right. I like that we're on that we're on the same side here because I really didn't know which way you were going to go. As I said, I mean, I mean, uh, based on how the Chiefs looked last week, I don't blame anybody for wanting to back them. But I'm I'm going to back with what, just what I've seen from the whole season. I think the Cowboys yep. are a more complete team. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the New Orleans Saints at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles are one and a half point favorites at home for you. One o'clock kick. Go ahead and lay it on me. Uh, I'm back in the Eagles. Listen, uh, the Saints covered their last two games with Trevor Simeon. Last three games with Trevor Simeon. Man, Miles, how many more lucky covers is, is Trevor Simeon going to get? Like, I think that Tennessee just says, here's the back door. It's wide open. I think the Eagles are hot now. Uh, I think that Jalen, uh, excuse me, Jalen Hurts is finally finding De uh, Devonta Smith, that, that 
chemistry that that you know that I wouldn't say that they had, but they were starting to build at, at Alabama before he was benched for Tua. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and back this. Four and two against the spread in their last six. Very nice for me. Trevor Simeon's not the answer, and we saw that. I don't care if they say that Tennessee was the game was rigged for Tennessee to win. No. The Saints have been getting lucky cover after lucky cover with Trevor Simeon under center. Give me the Eagles here to win and cover. I want to take the Eagles so bad, man, but the Saints, backdoor or not, came through for me last week. I'm, I'm 2-0 picking the Saints <laughs> on this podcast so far this season. I'm going to try to make it 3-0 here, but – Again, I see the Eagles. I see what they're doing because they're getting it done with the running game. It's ironic that they lose Miles Sanders and now their, their running game is actually yeah. finding their stride um, with 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 what they're doing now. But the Saints, 9-0-1 against a spread in their last 10 as underdogs. They're 15-5 and against a spread in their last 20 road games. But most importantly, because I think this is the most important matchup in this game, because the Eagles' run offense really does look that good, especially with Hurts uh, getting like 60 rush yards. Of like He's going yeah. over 57 rushing yards a game. But the Saints have the number one rushing defense in the NFL, holding opponents to 3.1 yards per carry, only 656 total rushing yards, which makes me believe that they can uh, that they won't go down early like they did to Tennessee last week. It, it's going to remain a close game throughout. But with a one and a half point spread, the Saints really really got to get the win here. But I'm going to back them two weeks in a row. You know, I want to just go ahead and say this though, like I feel like the Saints have just been getting so lucky. They have. Like the rush yes, defense, 100%. even the rush defense, like they didn't have to play with. I don't think they played Saquon Barkley. Oh, they, they played Saquon Barkley and he got like hurt, right? Uh, the Bucks don't have a good running attack. Uh, the Seahawks, they playing Alex, Alex Collins. Falcons don't have a good running attack. Titans, they don't have to play Derrick Henry. Uh, the Panthers, they had to play CMC. But the Packers, Packers were down early. It didn't matter. Patriots hadn't established a run there. And then this is the game when they played Washington. They, they refused to give Gibson the amount of touches that he needs. Yeah, Gibson's going to like carry the ball like I think 18 to 20 times but he's the kind of guy who needs it in his hands at all times like you need him to get him going in the pass game in the run game so they kind of I feel like they kind of got a little lucky uh you know in the running back in the gameplay that they've played you can say lucky Brad but this is the NFL all right the luck this is this is not like college it's not no 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 this is this is this is the most competitive sports league in the entire world if you're the number one rushing defense in the league then you're the number one rushing defense Okay, we'll 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 call a spade a spade there. I'm keep my eye on this one. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and uh, move on into the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's go at the Las Vegas Raiders, four or five p.m. I'm taking the Bengals here. All right, the Bengals are a sleeping giant. Let me tell you, this is this has been the Bengals the last three weeks. All right, I'll, I'll say last four weeks. Remember when they got that big win against the Ravens at sixteen yep. point underdogs? Then they were eleven and a half point favorites on the road at the New York Jets and. They laid an egg. Yeah. (laughs) Then they just get trounced by the Browns. Now they're coming off a bye week. So the Bengals haven't won a game in almost a month, but this is a sleeping giant performance for them. After seeing what Patrick Mahomes did to this Raiders defense last week, I think that Jamar Chase is licking his chops and he's also due for a really big performance. So I'm going to back Burrow here and I'm going to argue that this is a bounce back spot for the Bengals and not the Raiders. I think the Bengals are actually a legitimate playoff contender where I think the Raiders are really starting to show uh, who they're going to be the rest of the season. They hurt without rugs last week, like really hurt. Uh, so again, Bengals minus one, pick them. It's on the road, but I'm going with Burrow. I'm going to go with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders here again, second time in a, in a row. And I don't care. I'm not calling it a bounce back. I think that the steam is, is starting to settle a little bit on the Bengals, um, which is totally fair. Like, I think the Bengals can still have a very successful season as we wind down at the season. 
I just think that this Raiders team is going to pose a little bit more of a threat on the offensive line that was playing very, very well. And they started to kind of scale it back a little bit on efficiency um, here. So a lot of the numbers, they'll tell you that you, you should go ahead and be the guy to back the Bengals. Like, I'm not going to say that numbers are, are what's really backing me up, but I think that it's a little bit better of a matchup for the Raiders um, this game than last game. I, I was taking the Raiders last game, regardless probably of what the spread was. Um, but man, I think the Raiders, their defense gets home a little bit more, which was something we didn't see uh, against Kansas City. And and we have to be clear that, um, excuse me, Patrick Mahomes is much better at moving the pocket than than uh, than Joe Burrow. If the defense is pinning their heads back and they're able to get 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 good pressure, or at least remote pressure, I think that the steam comes out. And I and I lead that off by saying I think the steam is starting to come out of the uh, Jamar Chase Rookie of the Year campaign. I think he has another one of those okay games, but Mac Jones is is kind of finally like. Guys, listen to what I'm doing here. Here we go. Hey, I couldn't care if he's an Alabama guy or not. I have money on both guys, so I could care less who wins. I just don't want to see someone run away with it and be minus 357 odds by the time the season's over. All right, what are we wrapping it up with? We're the Washington football team traveling to Carolina, taking on the Panthers, the return of Cam Newton. The Panthers are minus three and a half point spread. What a time to be alive. Mark Ingram is running the ball with the Saints. Cam Newton is back with the Panthers, and Randall Cobb is catching touchdown passes with the Packers. What year are we in? I am going to start this off. Sorry, Washington football team. I am backing the Panthers. I'm backing the Panthers wholeheartedly. The one thing the Panthers were missing was a quarterback who could change the game. I don't think that Cam Newton is ever going to be the guy to push the ball down the field like he used to be. But he does give you another look, which is really scary with a healthy uh, Christian McCaffrey. This is the, one of the top defenses in the league going against a defense who lost their best player. This team before that Bucks game was 0-4 against the spread. I don't, I don't think they just continue these winning ways. I like the Panthers to win another really big game and to start to put questions on, can they be a legitimate playoff team with Cam Newton? Yep, I like where your head's at. I'm also all over the Panthers here, minus 3.5, more so – for just how quietly Christian McCaffrey has reinserted himself back into this offense. And I still don't think that they've used him 100% since his return from injury. Yeah, they haven't. Once they really start getting him going, and and you've got Cam Newton, who, as you said, Cam Newton is not going to be the playmaker that he once was. He he never will return to that form. But can he be a difference maker? That's That's what I'm looking at here. And then with Christian McCaffrey on the field, they're four and one against the spread. That is a huge yes. number for me. That this Panthers team is just different with Kish, uh, with Christian McCaffrey on the field. And now you give me Cam Newton over yep. Sam Darnold. Yes, I'm absolutely taking the Panthers here minus three and a half. Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. We agree on five games this week. I'm so excited for football. Guys, uh, be sure to download the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, or however else you get your podcasts. Everyone have a great week of betting. And let's turn this NFL fortune around.